Yes, people, it is Thursday, which means it's another episode of Echo Chamber coming at you. And as we do, we're going to start things off looking at the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now. So at number 10, it is that little wizarding fool, Harry Potter. Right, it's the Harry Potter collection. People, yeah, be spending their Easter weekend having some Hogwarts adventures. So, at number nine, people, again, I kind of feel this is because it's Easter. We've got Mel Gibson's surprising hit, I would say, right? 2004 Passion of the Christ. Which starred Jim Caviezel as Jesus himself. You know what I mean? Monica Belushi was in it. Christo Jivokov. May Morgan. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a, um, yeah, people loved that shit. You know what I mean? Watching Jesus get strapped to that cross, get that, that spear put in his side. People. Lapped it up like it was an easter egg But at number 8 people We have got the Robert Zumeckis Reinterpretation of the Ronald Dahl classic The Witches So this starred Anne Hathaway Octavia Spencer Kristen Chenoweth And Jazia Bruno at number seven, 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 we have Wonder Woman from Patty Jenkins. You know I me? Mean? Started everything off. First female DC film. And um, we had Gal Gadot pick up that lasso of truth. So, um, yeah, that was a big one. Chris Pine with the love interest. Yes. So, at number six, it's Trolls World Tour, people. Walter Dome taking um, the trolls on a little adventure. Voice cast, Rachel Bloom, Jamie Dorman, Anna Kendrick, Anderson Pack. So, we're in the top five. We've got Tony Cavone's Scoop, which stars Frank Welker um, as the voice of Scooby-Doo, Zac Efron as Fred Jones, Will Forte as Shaggy, um, Amanda Seafield as um, Daphne, you know what I mean? Yes, all um, all your favourite Scooby Gang characters were in the house. Gina Rodriguez was Velma, and even Mark Wahlberg showed up as Brian. <laughs> so, at number four, still doing its thing in the top ten right now, is John Watts's sequel to Homecoming, Spider-Man's Far From Home. Yep, yep, yep. Tom Holland, Zeander, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jacob Batalon, all doing their thing with a little Nick Fury cameo. Yep, people. Uh, so then, um, 
Or was it Iron Man in number two? Huh. I think it was Iron Man, wasn't it? No. No, no, no. It was Fury. I forget. Anyway, it was great. At number three, we've got Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Michael Dougherty. And this is the film that got this whole new iteration underway, right? So we had Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Famiga, Carl Chandler, Ken Watatubi. So at number two, people, at number two this week, woo, we talked about it last October. It is the fantastic soul, right? Oh man, this film was so damn good. So damn good. I love this shit. Right, directed and um, co-written, co-directed too, by Pete Doctor and Kemp Powers. So we had Tina Fey as 22. We had Jamie Foxx as Joe Gardner. And then a host of other cats like David Diggs, Rachel House. All the supporting characters in this film that was... Uh, so heartwarming people I loved it, I loved it and if you haven't seen it, people get the hell on it because it will brighten up your day for sure which means at number one one, 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 one this week it's Paddy Jenkins again and it's at Golden Lasso, yes that's right people, it's Wonder Woman 1984 so this time out, Christine Wig and Pedro Pascal join Gil Gadot and Chris Pine. So we've got three films for you. You know, before we get to them, we're gonna do this. Oh, and people, it's a two-parter. Yup, yup. People, it might only be March, but hey, it's time to um, take note because April is going to be a bumper-packed month if you are a Shudder subscription holder, you know? April showers bring a packed lineup of new horror films and series to Shudder. AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural. For its annual halfway to Halloween month, with April marking the halfway point to Halloween, the streamer will celebrate its biggest month of programming yet, with a loaded slate of Shudder original films and series, an exclusive documentary, a library of cult classic favourites and the return of Halfway to Halloween Hotline. Some do Christmas in July but at Shudder they celebrate Halloween in April to mark the halfway point to the greatest holiday of the year. <laughs> and um, yeah they have got 
a lot. So, the second season of Creepshow premieres on the 1st of April, with new episodes dropping every single Thursday. So, you have that to look forward to, people. Uh, Also, on the 1st of April, is going to be the premiere of Train to Busan Presents Pen... Penusilia, Penusilia, I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know what I'm talking about, people, right? So, four years after South Korea's total decimation in Train to Busan, the zombie thriller that captivated audiences worldwide, acclaimed director Yong Sang-woo, brings us Penusilia. The next nail-biting chapter in his post-apocalyptic world. John Suik, a soldier who previously escaped a diseased wasteland, relieves the horror when assigned to a covert operation with two simple objectives, retrieve and survive. When his team unexpectedly stumbles upon survivors, their lives will depend on whether the best or worst of human nature prevails in the direct, in the direst of circumstances. So, uh, yeah, you have that, people. Um, Then, on the 8th of April, will be the power. Okay, so, this is set in London 1974 as Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country. Trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary with most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital. Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face both her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that infests and has an intent on destroying everything around her. Then on the 15th is The Banishing. Okay, so this is from acclaimed director Chris Smith. And comes the banishing which tells the true story of the most haunted house in England. A young reverend and his wife and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. When a vengeful spirit haunts the little girl and threatens to tear the family apart, the reverend and his wife are forced to confront their beliefs. They must turn to black magic by seeking the help of famous occultist or risk losing their daughter. Yeah. Then people, on the 16th, new episodes of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. That debuts. And then new episodes every Friday afterwards. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of that, you have that. Also, an event exclusive on the 18th of April at 8pm Eastern or 5pm Pacific is the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So, uh, yeah, 
we got that on the 22nd of April is Boys from County Hell. Welcome to Six Mile, a sleepy Irish backwater whose only claim to fame is the somewhat dubious local legend that Bran Stoker once spent a night in the local pub. It's home to Eugene Moffat, a young man who fills most of his days drinking pints with his friends and pranking tourists who come to visit the gravesite of Aberach, a legendary Irish vampire, some believe to have inspired Dracula. When a personal tragedy forces Eugene to go and work for his gruff, no-nonsense father, he finds himself on the site of a controversial new road development that threatens to destroy the town's livelihood. But strange events unfold when Eugene and the crew tear down a famous carom, believed to be the final resting place of Aberach and they soon come under attack from a sinister force that has infested one of their workmates. As night closes in, the boys must fight for survival while discovering the true horror of a myth that hits much closer to home than any of them realise. So, people, you have got that and a whole lot more debuting on Shudder this April. So, if you're a horror fan and you don't have the platform, you're not really a horror fan, are you? Okay, people. So, now we've got all of that out of the way, let's get into this week's films. It would seem sometimes you watch films and you can see that they're really trying to or they are so heavily influenced by other people's work that it it, it means that they have so much to live up to and they're, they're just never going to hit that mark. So... Where if it was able to stand on its own two feet, it could be something. But because you are straight away comparing it to the, you know, the the, the things it's trying to be, it, it just fails, which is always a shame, always a shame. And it's a, you know, I don't know, it, it seems that... The new film from Saints and Sinners, Saints and Savages even, Saints and Sinners, jeez. Yeah, it it seems that that falls uh, down this path. It is a film by Savas D. Michael. Um, With, you know, he's, he, he wrote and directed the piece. And I, you know, I give him credit for using a lot of the same cast in which, uh, you know, he's worked with before, which is pretty evident. 
you know, so we get to see the likes of Ian Reddington, Vaz Blackwood, Adam Deacon, you know, they all show up again, um, some of those names you'll recognise from Original Gangster, now we get some new people up in here, like, um, Jack Turner, and, uh, Fernanda Dintz, who play our lead couple, um, Oscar and Ella Knight, Oscar has a brother, William, played by Josh Burdett, uh, who, who else have we got in this, man, our other notable, um, things are maybe, uh, Reddington's Hugo Lopez, um, yes, I, I would say they're some of our main people, you've got Matt Lapincas, who plays Gabriel, Hugo's buddy, and, um, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, definitely a lot of other people up in the piece, but there's a lot of people who just appear very briefly or just don't really have um yeah don't really have a lot of impact on the story as it were which a bit of a shame you know definitely a bit of a shame uh one of the other i think main people would probably be um Oh gosh, what's the name of that fucking? Here's Alfie, right? Alfie is played by Juan Seely. I think that's the one. Oh no, sorry, it's Riley. Riley played by Jamie Crew. Right, he's a drag ad, a drug addict who we see throughout the piece, and um, the gist of the story. Ah, well. We have a murderous vigilante couple, which is Oscar and Ella Knight. You know, they're tearing through the city, serving vengeance to dealers of a new designer drug called Red Devil. Right? It's a nightmarish dystopia where everyone seems high on something. Yeah, so that is the film, people. That is the film. It did win Best Feature at the Europe Film Festival. So, um, yeah, I think if you follow that festival and you like the fair that is there, that will, I think that will give you an indication of if you're going to vibe with the film or not. But um, the piece starts, right? It starts with this conversation between um, Oscar, Ella, and Oscar's mother. And this conversation, it's just, it's over the top. Performance-wise, the dialogue is, it is not very believable. It just seems doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then following that scene, we get a quote from John Lennon. Right? Quote from John Lennon flashes on, which says, Part of me suspects that I'm a loser, and the other part of me thinks I'm God Almighty. 
Yeah. And then uh, we get another another scene, right? So this feeds into what our vigilante couple do because they find a drug house. There's guards outside. They blow the guards up. They go in. They demand the Red Devil drug and all the money. Kill everyone inside. While this is, you know, happening though, Oscar, yeah, he um, he gives it to Ella doggy style. And you're just like, Okay, alright, this is what we're doing Hmm, now this is, I think, what, we're about five minutes in Five minutes in now, and all of this has taken place So, I think you know what type of film you're getting From the conversation, the weird quote, and then this odd stick-up Sex scene You just are like Okay Alright How long is this film? Hmm But uh yeah That is it It's like I don't know it, it was It just came off as very forced Very forced Like just having Throwing in this weird sex scene Straight away now, it's, it's not a gratuitous scene in any means, you know, We're, they're both still very clothed, and, it, you know, it very much comes off as fake, but you just like, this is, it's weird, right, it's a weird thing to put in, and doesn't really... It doesn't really serve a purpose other than trying to provide shock value. Right, so we then move on to Hugo. We we visit Hugo in his drug den. And, um, yeah, we go through, you know, this period with Hugo that's just him listening to music and dancing. And that's another thing with the film. It implements musical beds basically under every single scene. Like, every single scene has something. And they're using a kind of uh, techno-western score. I don't know if you want to call it that, maybe. Um, Which, it's... Man, it gets a little too much, you know, gets a little too much, right, and, you know, this whole red devil drug, right, so anyone that smokes it, there's these plumes of red mist that come out, which again, like, listen, when you, you know what I mean, you hit a bong or something, right, you get you might get some smoke, right? Depending on what type of bong you are using. But these are like dudes using this little pipe and the amount of smoke that's coming out of it, it all come, like it all, 
is a bit too much, right? They, you could have done it very subtly and it would have been a bit more impactful. But then you've got these drug adult performances, right? Which just, like, it kind of feels like someone that hasn't ever been high, right? And you're just like, okay, act like you're high. Right, and you're just like, I'm not really buying this. I'm not buying it. Right now, I think if you are down for some over the top action, then I think you can vibe with this. You know, if you want a story that doesn't really make a lot of sense, doesn't really fit together, but it's just crazy. You know, vibrant colours, weird action Then, yeah, Red Rage will will be for you I, I definitely would say If you are a fan of um, Savas's other work Then, yeah, this will, will probably be your thing You know, I imagine that you will, yeah, vibe with it all the way through You know? If not, then uh, you might be in a similar vein where you're just looking at it and going, oh, man, like it really wants to be a Tarantino film. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you get. Really wants to be a Tarantino film or it wants to, wants to be wacky like, uh, you know, that Nicolas Cage film Mandy. You know what I mean? That that's what it's kind of going for these these crazy action type films, like very visceral, like very surreal. You know these prophetic performances, but I I, I don't know. It it just didn't really gel on those levels for me. And the performances, it's hard to gauge the performances because the dialogue was so bad. Dialogue was terrible. It, it's just, like nothing ever felt like a true interaction, right? And it wasn't wacky enough to, you know, be a, a Mandy, right? Or dragged across concrete. You know what I mean? Or, or like that that crazy Will Ferrell film from a, a few years back. No, it wasn't Will. Was it Will Ferrell? Uh, I don't think it was Will Ferrell. It was the dude that he often acts with. And it was that prison film, right? Something Cell Block 44, something like that, right? But um, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't get to that level. And you know it wants to. Really wants to, but he just doesn't get there. And the end, the end is baffling because you're just like the big. I think there's meant to be a big reveal that you, you know, you know what the deal is from the moment you see the pair, right? The moment you come across Hugo and Gabriel, you know what's happening with them. So the ending is not like, oh my. God, I didn't see that coming, right? So you you understand it, and then there is this moment 
that it, it, again, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because you're like, if someone is shot, you know they've been shot, right? Especially if they're not using someone, the other person isn't using a silencer. So you stop, right? You react. Yeah, like, it, it, it's just like, wait, what? Huh? And also, it, it's, it makes no sense in the context of the scene we saw at the beginning, right? Where even though they're acting crazy, they're still focused on what they need to do. But for all of a sudden, they don't. And you're just like, huh? They wouldn't? Like, that's how you have set this film up. You have led us to believe that this weird couple who believe they're on this mission from God, right? Yeah, Oscar, he had a vision. Had a vision. God told him to get rid of Red Devil. So if you've given us this, you know, belief about what these characters will do and how they operate, you you need to give us a reason why they wouldn't. Right? Why they would deviate from that plan. And we never get it. We never get it. So the film, it just doesn't yeah, it doesn't make sense. And we get these weird cameos from people that just seem to be there. So we have a cameo from this person. Because story-wise, doesn't need to be there. Doesn't need to be there. But, um, yeah. Listen, people, as I said, if you're a fan, you know, of any of the actors involved, right? Or if you're a fan of Sabas D. Michael's work, then I would say, hey, check out Red Rage. You know what I mean? Red Rage, it, it will speak to you. If you watched Oscar original Gangster and you enjoyed that, then I will say, people, Red Rage will be for you. Otherwise, Red Rage won't. <laughs> I mean, you may be disappointed. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, people. So, um, yeah, listen, it's there. It will be out on Monday the 12th of April. You can get it on digital download or DVD. So, yeah, if you want this in your collection, take note of the date, people. Take note of the date. Okay, there you go. Don't get hooked on Red Devil. Yo, sometimes you just stumble on shit, right? Stumble on stuff and it, it catches you. Right, because to be honest, I didn't, I, I, I didn't really have any intention of watching Run. Right, I'd seen, you know, the little bit on Netflix, right, that they do, and I was just like, yeah, I don't even know, man, I don't know if this is for me, people. Oh no, but. I was, um, you know, I, I was actually going to do, I think, it, is it Madame Chloe, right? But it was two hours, and I didn't have two hours. So I was like, you know what, what's shorter? What's short? 
Alright, fuck it, run sure, I'm gonna do that. Fuck it. So, I threw it on, and people... I'm... Yeah, I'm glad I watched this shit. I'm glad I watched it. Right, so... It's directed by Anish Shagnati, um, who also co-wrote the film with Seb Ohananinin. Right, Ohananinin also produced with Natalie Kwazabani. Um, music is Torin Borodale. Cinematography is Hilary Fife Sepira. Edited by Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting flick, right? So, cast-wise, it's good cast, small cast. Right, so we've got Sarah Paulson as Diana Sherman. We've got Kira Allen as um, Chloe Sherman, her daughter. Pat Healy is doing his thing as a mailman called Tom. Um, one of the the major nurses who we see is Nurse Cammy, and that's played by Sarah Soon. Um, yeah, there are there are main um people I would assume. You know what I mean. I think it, it changes and everything like that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So um the gist of the film people is this Chloe, a teenager who's confined to a wheelchair, is homeschooled by her mother. However, her mother's strange behaviour doesn't go un- go unnoticed. And when Chloe pries into some private papers, she discovers a change of name certificate document of her mother's name, Diane Sherman, on it. When Chloe Googles Diane Sherman, the internet suddenly disconnects. Chloe becomes suspicious of all that her mother does, suspecting her as something sinister. She decides to go on the run in her wheelchair in a desperate attempt to get away from her. Bum, bum, bum. You know, the well, crazy thing is, I didn't know this was from the cats that did Searching. And it's funny because Searching was another film that I wasn't, inten- I wasn't intending to see. But... Yeah, a friend hit me up and was like, yo, we want to go cinema? I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's go cinema. And I'm like, I don't even know what's on. He's like, oh, I want to check out Searching. I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. And I enjoyed the shit out of it, right? So um, there's that. Now, the film opens up. Because I think when I first saw this, I, I, there was an assumption I made, right? There was an assumption I made. And when the film opens, I doubted myself, right? Doubted myself because we see Diane, you know, she's in hospital and she's just had a baby. And we see her going to see the baby and everything is cool. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Looks like I was wrong. Huh. That doesn't happen much. Right? So, um, yeah. Now, it does then cut when she's like... Is the baby going to be okay? And we see her turn around and then it cuts. 
right? Then we get this bit, right, where um, we have four illnesses uh, crop up on the screen, like one by one. Dum, 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 dum. So um, we're arrhythmia, um, an anomaly... Abnormal, mm-hmm, an abnormality of electrical impulses in the heart causing irregular heartbeats. Hemor, hemor, an excess accumulation of iron in the bloodstream causing rashes and nausea. Asthma. An inflammation of the airways in the lungs causing difficulty of breathing and diabetes. An impairment of the pancreas to produce insulin causing unstable glucose levels. So yes, we we get this coming up. So you're thinking, okay, someone be ill. (laughs) Someone be ill, right? So we we get this, and um, <clears throat> then we're, you know, it's normal day life, right? We we're, we're following Chloe. Um, well, no, first we go to a support group. Gotta say, support group irritate that shit out of me. All these fucking parents like, uh, 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 my kids gotta go to university, and how will they cope without me? It's like, shut the fuck up, man. Right? Go, let your kid fail. If your kid's going to fail, the kid's going to fail. Uh, you, you let the kid stand on its own two feet. And you just get a fucking hobby. Get a fucking hobby, you assholes. I'm just like, hey, listen. Hey, I have nothing wrong with people being like, all right, I'm, I'm g- let's work out a system to make sure you're cool. You know what I mean? Everything comes up, call this number. Or, um, yo, this person, they're there, they'll help you. Ba ba boom. But the, the crying bullshit, I'm just like, ugh. So when Diane's just be like, nah, my girl's gonna be cool. I was like, yes. Alright. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I do think she was a little brav- braggadocious. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? You're like, alright. This woman's cool. You know what I mean? She bow it. Uh, so then we're in the house, right? And we're seeing, you know, young Chloe get around. Right? She's got the stair lift and all of that. And mum's cooking and everything is... Everything seems gravy, man. You know what I mean? They're, they're happy. They're doing things. We see, like, the daily checks, you know, the insulin checks and all of that. But we also see, you know, in Chloe, her mum goes to give her a jab and she's like, hey. You know what I mean? So we're saying, oh, Chloe's got her independence, right? She's doing her shit herself. So you're just like, all right, this girl, you know what I mean? She, she's not just, oh, I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, no. And so you're thinking, all right, that's cool. That's cool. What's happening here? But, you know, it's interesting. It's like she's homeschooled and everything like that. Now, it is, uh, it, you know, it's a little, it's a little weird, because you think she doesn't have internet, doesn't have internet, or, um, you know, uh, like, she makes a little thing about having a phone, uh, and you're just like, oh, shit, 
Like, ain't got a phone. You know what I mean? And it's just like, listen, I didn't have a mobile phone for a goddamn while, right? But I'm a bit like, how is she keeping in contact with friends? Does she have friends? Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? So it does feel like she's very isolated. And she just wants to go uni. You know what I mean? But every time the postman calls, there's nothing. And her mum's like, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when something comes. Right, but... Hey, when that happens, you do, you you do kind of be like, okay, I I see a thing here, I see a thing, and then we see the mum walk down the basement steps, which again you just think, ah, okay, alright, because you know, obviously Chloe ain't going down the basement, right? So it opens up a little thing, so you're thinking, hmm. I think there's some there's some shit happening in the basement, people, right? Because I'm a suspicious motherfucker, ain't gonna lie, you know? But it's funny because she does have some internet sometimes, but I think it's when her mum is in the room, right? I, I think that's the, uh, that's the deal. So... <clears throat> She has to take a gang of tablets. A gang of tablets, which is kind of crazy. And it all seems to change when a new medication is, you know, there. A new medication comes along, which, I, you know, to be honest with you, I was a bit like, I'm surprised Right, I'm I'm surprised it was that that sparked it all, but you know I I'm a, I'm I can go with it, you know what I mean? I can go with it, but it causes her to then really start looking around at shit, which you know I think you would do right. You would definitely be a bit suspicious, right, you'd be a little bit suspicious of what the fuck is going on, and so from that point, it's, um, you know, she's, she's trying to get answers, and, hey, that's when it gets fun, right, it gets super fun, because you don't know what's gonna happen, because she's in a wheelchair, so obviously she can't just walk down the basement, she can't just walk outside, there's limitations, which then makes you wonder, oh, how are they going to get around this, right, how are they going to have her find out certain bits and bobs, oh, this is going to be fun, and uh, yeah, that, that that's what was really, that kind of caught me, Kind of caught my little twisted mind, people. <laughs> yes. And, hey, man, it's interesting, right? It's real interesting. I like the way they did it. I like the way they built tension. Like, having her sneak out her room and all of that. But, oh, ho, ho. 
You mean you see this creepy ass bit when she's at, you know, she turns on the computer, she's loading it up, and all, all of a sudden, the computer just turns off, and we see a little sign, something which is just like, oh shit, oh shit, what happened there? You mean it's just like, was she there from the giddy? Or did she hear a creep out, right? Because, you know, I think there's times when you can try and creep, but there's noises. And if you're in a wheelchair, there's going to be, you kind of feel there's going to be noise. Though, when she turned on the computer, sometimes I turn on and you just hear a, you know, the the, the Mac noise, right? And you're just like, ah, shit. I'm going to turn that down, man. That's, why is it so loud? So it's just like, yeah, yeah. She definitely got a lucky one turning that computer on and it not making that huge ass, you know, noise. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we see all of these things, right? Of her trying to work things out. You're her asking questions about, oh, so what's this medication? Hey, you got me on this new medication, what the deal? You know what I mean? It's just asking a few things. I trying to make phone calls. And the phone call one was fun, right? Because it's. Yeah, because you have to remember, right, nowadays when calls can get tracked, you get itemised bills. So I liked how that all played out. I liked how that all played out. And then, super fun with a little ploy to get a little information. That was good. And utilising, I'm in a wheelchair, can I? Go to the front, oh, you know what I mean? I, I, but then using other information that she saw, right? It was, um, that was good. That was good, right? I liked that. And, like, the acting. People, the acting. Because this isn't a huge cast. This film, we don't have a huge cast here. You know what I mean? We, we've just got, um, you know... Paulson and, um, you know, Kira Allen in, you know, they're the main ones, the mum and daughter. So a lot is definitely hanging on them. And Allen, man, you do do definitely believe everything that's going on, right? The anxiety, you know, you, you, you understand that. Like even the like, when she's rushing to see, oh, do I get into university? Like, all of that. Like, man, she sells you. She sells you on it all. And, the, like, the thing with Diane, right? She's a piece of shit. But, but, yeah, she, you do believe she genuinely does care about Chloe. But she's a piece of shit. Right, so you have to be both of those things, right? You you have to be this loving, caring, concerned mother. Got to sell that. But, yeah, then got to be the creepy motherfucker. And you got to sell that. And she does. Ho, ho. The manipulation. 
Man, she, yeah, she kills that. Kills that. So it's like, how can they end this film? That's the big one, right? How are they going to end the film? Because, as I said, look, she's, you know, Chloe's limited to what she can do. So, you know what I mean? We get this moment midway through the film, which, you know, well played, interesting. And you think, okay, where's that going to go? Because now she's got some information. So we then see the mum doing her thing to pull it back, which is, yo, that was good. That was real good. And then you get this real crazy, crazy little, like, sequence on the rooftop, which is just a bit like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Which, man, you're, you're just like, Okay, right, now we are here, there ain't no going back, right, there is no going back, so I have to say, right, there's this great bit with the postman, and normally with a certain thing that gets said, you get everyone backing off, get everything backing off and going in a, you know, and I just feel like I don't, don't do that thing. They don't do that. And I'm so glad they did not do the thing. They didn't do the thing, which was great. But it then, you know, I mean, everything is now escalated to the max. Escalated to the max. And I really liked the way this ended. I really liked the way it ended. You know, back at home and then from there. It was great. It was great, because it all made sense, right? Everything, you'd be like, okay, yeah, no, I see that happening. I see that happening. Like, desperate times call for desperate measures sometimes, right? So if you know what's been getting done to you, and you there's no way of getting out of it, yeah, you do that thing. You do that thing, people, you know what I mean? But I nearly didn't like the end. Ain't gonna lie. Nearly didn't like, because they do the seven years later, right? Which I'm always a bit like, ah, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, I think you get the impression that Chloe, because she's 16, right? So, seven years later, she would be 23. So, you get the impression that she's. Married with a kid I might be wrong But that's the impression you get Or she's just dating someone and has a kid But I'm a bit like I, Why? Like why? Why would this be a thing right here? Because I, I don't Like after everything I don't buy that I don't, I'm not sure I buy this I'm not sure I buy it and um, then they do a little ting-ting, and I'm just like, yes, okay, I'm all about this, all about this, right, the, 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 right, so that's the thing, people, at the very end of the film, right, they, you're going to see something, some stuff happen, and it feels wrong, but 
people stick with it Stick with it because it gets all sorts of right Gets all sorts of right And I was about it for sure Man, that, that was just like That makes you, you know, a little fist pump You're like, yes Yes Do that thing Woo I mean, on the real though You do think I don't know how that could pass with blood tests and everything, but fuck it. <laughs> As a visual, hey, that works for me, people. That works for me. So yeah, man, run. I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It's um, I think mean, yes, the a lot of it you do kind of see coming. There's a lot of stuff in the film that you do see coming, but they play with the tension extremely well. Play with the tension really well, and they do make the situations and the consequences and everything like that, the ramifications, it's all believable. Right, it all makes sense as an escalation from the next thing. You're like, okay, yeah, no, I, I, I would see that happening. I get that, so, whew, yeah, it's worth, it's definitely worth the watch, people, definitely worth the watch, so, um, man, hats off to those motherfuckers, right, because, um, Chagnati and, um, Ohanayan, they've, yeah, they've knocked it out of the box yet again, yet again, now, I don't know what to think about Searching 2, because I'm a bit like, yo, I don't know if you can do that film again, you know what I mean, but, hey, two films, and their first two films, that's a great thing, right, their first two films, and they've killed it, so, you know what I mean, you, you gotta say, hey, let, just show me what you're gonna do next, right, because I'm gonna check it out, definitely gonna check it out, but, yeah, I'm gonna, also curious to see what Kira Allen does next, because, yeah, she she really did a good job here. And Sarah Pulse, I mean, what can you say? Sarah Postman is always great. But people, go check run. It is now on Netflix um, in the UK. If you're in the States, you got Hulu. But yeah, it is definitely worth the while. Hey, listen, right? It's often set. The mark of a good film is how many breaks you need to take while watching it, right? So if you can sit all the way through, it's a great film. But if you find yourself, you know, getting up, distracted, eh, it's not, it's not as great a film, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, there's many people that make that analogy, but I've got to say... It's not always true, right? It's not always true because I just watched The Power and I I think I, I took a good few breaks. Took a good few breaks, right? Not because it was bad. Definitely not because it was bad. But because it was fucking crazy. Like, I'm watching this film and... Man, there's a lot of darkness and and stuff, and I was I jumped so many times, so 
many times that I was a bit like, okay, I'm going to uh, gonna take a little walk. I'm going to take a little walk. And I'm going to come back to this. Yeah, it's just like, Jesus. Yeah, I thought watching it during the day was, you know what I mean? I thought that was enough, right? Because I remember I, 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 I saw the poster and I read a little bit of the blurb. And I was a bit like, I don't think I'm going to touch this one. Nah, I think I'm out. And then for some reason, I was like, nah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to give it a go. Going to give it a go. And um, yeah, that's what I did. But I thought watching it during the day, I thought that, I, I, I thought I'm, I'm smart. I've covered my tracks. I'm all good. But no, <laughs> this film will mess you up. Oh, my God. Days, right? So, um, it's from Karina Faith. You know, she wrote and directed the piece. Tremendous job. <laughs> she did a very good job of the whole thing. <sighs> Maybe a little too good. You know, right? Is that a thing? Right? <laughs> she she made it a little too far, Chris. I don't know, people, but that's what I feel. Right, so um, you know, all all them people's helped her out. So, it was produced by Rob Watson, Matthew James Wilkinson, and um, executive produced by Will Clark, Lizzie Frank, Tom Hubbard, Phil Hunt, Andy Mason, Compton Ross, Compton. That's not a bad first name, is it? Ah, Elliot Ross, Fenella Ross. I mean, you can see the Ross family were definitely behind this film, right? Mike Runagol, um, and co-produced by Rose Williams, Ross Williams, even yes. Uh, so uh, cinematography is Laura Bellingham. Um, edited by Tommy Bolding and Rebecca Lloyd. Kathleen Crawford handled the casting. And the music, right? The music was Max... Max DeWarden? I'm going to say Max DeWarden. And um, Gazelle Twin. Right? Who And people... And I tell you, they did a tremendous job. Yo, they did a tremendous job. I just kind of said it twice there, didn't I? But yes, they definitely killed it. Definitely killed it, people. Okay, so the gist of the film is this. Um, oh, actually, I didn't tell you who's in the goddamn film. Ooh, that's a little faux pas. Uh, so our main character is Val. And Val is played by Rose Williams. Then some of the accompanying people that we see. Right, so, um, you know, the matron of the hospital that she works at. She's played by Devine Henry. Um, a younger version of Hal is played by Marley Chesham. Um, we've then got... Ooh, some of her colleagues, Babs, played by Emma Rigby. We've got De- um, no Comfort, played by uh, Jemima Sola Ikomelo. 
Um, Terry, played by Nula McGowan. Um, there's <coughs> the uh, one of her young patients, Sabah, played by Shakira Rahman. And um, then there's one of the doctors, Dr. Franklin, played by Charlie Carrick. Um, I think we should probably mention Gail, played by Clara Reed. Yes. Ooh. Man, this... God damn, right? This is a... It was a crazy-ass film. Crazy-ass film. And yes, let's talk about the plot. Alright, so, it's London 1974. As Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country, trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at the crumbling East London Royal Infirmary. With most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital, Val is forced to work the night shift, finding herself in a dark, near-empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face her, um, her own traumatic past and deepest fears in order to confront the malevolent force that's intent on destroying everything around her. Yeah. Yeah. Good damn people. Now, interestingly to say, right, so, um, Karina Faith, you know, making the film, she had this epiphany, as it were. So she says, while I was writing the script, I read a good description of what a ghost story classically is. A disturbed spirit has an issue that a protagonist, usually female, needs to understand and solve. Then the spirit can rest in peace. I, I, you know, I, yeah. I guess that's probably right. I don't know. I don't watch a huge number of horror films. Right? But, um, you know, I guess, right? That's where the final girl thing comes from and all of that. You know, like Halloween and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and um, the Jason-y one. That's not... Hmm... We've got the Leatherface-y one and the Jason-y one. I don't know. But there's many, many weirdy, spooky, crazy franchises. Even Alien, right? Even Alien. Yes. But anyway, um, I digress. So she says, this description resonated with me. I was already telling the story from a female point of view and wanted the female experience to inform the horror elements. But as I was writing during the explosion of resistance to silence and passivity that came with the Me Too movement, and it felt like the landscape was changing to some extent. Now, she says a little something, something else, which I will not go into, because I don't want to spoil some shit for you people. But, yes, it, it definitely lets you know, right, that um, Faith had a, 
a key understanding when making the film. And this is definitely evident when you're watching it. Right? So we start off with Val, you know, she wakes up, she's in a little place and she's get she's getting ready, says her prayers, you know, she's got a uniform, she is looking spick, span and proper. You know, it's her first day, so she's definitely you can see the pride. Right, you see the pride in her getting ready, making sure everything is, you know, aligned, as it were. And then we see her make that walk to work through the cold, dreary East London streets. And some a little info comes up on screen. So it says the trade unions and the government are at war. The economy is in crisis. Blackouts have been ordered to convey power, plunging the nation into darkness every night. Now, this is, I remember, like, my nan used to talk about this stuff, right? But, yeah, you do, I guess you don't fully know. You don't fully understand unless you were part of it, right? But I think one of the big things of this film is... You you have to convey the creepiness, right? You have to convey how, you know, enveloping the darkness is. And Faith does that extremely well through the use of space, right? So just on this walk to work, right, the, the London streets, they're not wide, right, you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's a little narrow in London, man, it's not spacious like your LA roads or your autobahns in Germany, no, 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 it's a little bit different here, so just the way she's walking, you know, through a dark tunnel, she's moving to avoid people, and then we see her get to the hospital, so as I said, look, it's her first day. So with all of this, we we get it's her first day. But we also get the magnitude of the hospital from the the you know the camera angles, right? So we see her looking up and the camera pans the front of the building. And then when she walks in, you know, she's in the lobby area and you see people walking up the stairs and everyone just moving around her. Now, it's, I think it's a good use because the camera's kind of pulled back, right? It's not right dead on foul, right? So you do get that sense of vastness, you know, this huge hospital. Also, though, it's the understanding of what the hierarchy was. I just remember back then, right? Faith mentions in her little blurb, right? That you know we went through the Me Too, and it, you know even just before that, right? Because that's a moment. But you think about, and you know we talked about it in films like In Into Light. Right, Amy Walker's great film, um, but it's you know the women. It was the suffragette movement that got the vote and got certain 
powers and, and foresight given to women, right? But back then, it was still a little, you know what I mean? Listen, you, your word wasn't really much. You was sit in a corner, be pretty, you know what I mean? You, you can do this job. You can be a nurse, but, you know, we doctors, right? So all of that, it's conveyed extremely well just in actions, right? We have this scene where um, there's a lot of doctors standing around having a meeting in the middle of the damn corridor, right? Like, we own this space, and she has to kind of skirt, skirt around. Skirt around them, but uh, I think it's it's one of those things as well, though. Right, that I mean, I think you see it a lot from women. It it's that weird little catty nature. You know, I I, I think guys a lot of the time, if you know you got an issue, it's just like you know we will say bullshit, right? Be like, hey, fuck face, hey, look at the pussy over there. You know, you will say certain things and there'll be confrontations. But girls are a little more subtle about their shit. Right? So, you know, she starts and it's just like, oh, it's foul. Oh, we've heard rumors. You know, like people have said stuff. There's been talk. Right? And you're just like, hmm, what is this? And she bumps into um, Babs, right? Who used to. She used to know, right, you know, through training and and whatnot. And so you understand, like, Val's got a past. There is things that have happened to Val. Or she's seen, witnessed. There's stuff, right? You're not fully sure what it is, but you know. And it, it seems to have followed her to work, but she wants to, um, she wants this to be something new, right, obviously, this is a new experience, a new place, so she's come to, you know, she's come to work, and she's just trying to put some of that past bullshit behind her, you know, but not everyone wants to do that, not everyone wants to do that, and we see it get a little clicky. We see it get a little clicky and odd. But there's certain things, like there's Dr. Franklin, that, you know, he, he seems to get her. He seems to understand her. Where all the other people, like the matron, seems to have it out for her. You know, a lot of the other nurses... Don't seem to want to, you know, get on with her, bond with her. And then all the while, there seems to be this presence. Seems to be something in the darkness that is foreboding. Right? So, because of the blackouts, all the urgent patients and stuff have been moved to another hospital. Because, you know... They, it's hard to care for people when all the machines are cut off and all of that, right? So, uh, yeah, due to certain things, she is forced to work the night shift during the night, during the blackout. 
Darts, which, you know, she has got a thing about the Darts, so she doesn't want to do that. And it's during these night shifts that everything goes down. Everything goes down, and the past and the present. <coughs> oh, oh, gosh. Ah, dear, oh, dear. The past and the present merge. And we see, you know, ink people's actions. We see the. You know, the other nurses and, you know, everyone else in the hospital who is left. We, we see how they interact with Val. How they respond to certain situations. Even things that are kind of clear, right? It's kind of clear what is there. And it's interesting. Right, there's you you see that whole thing of people sometimes they want to stick together and sometimes you know they don't, right? Sometimes people do that shitty thing of you know they feel bad, so they will attack you instead. So we we see all of this, right? All of this comes and it all adds to the tension, all adds to the uh, jumps, the scares, the fears, the anxiety, right, and again, it's like the angles, you know, watching Val from a distance, watching her from a door frame, all of that is, oh man, it really builds it up, now, this we're dealing with blackouts, a lot is in the dark, which a lot of times, in movies, it is very problematic because you can't fully see what's going on, right? And yes, there are moments where you're just like, ah, I can't really see what's happening, but that does then intensify the frigging jumps, right? When a when a match then gets lit and then something pops up, or you're just like, wait, did I just see something? I don't know, and you are goddamn jumping. Oh man. And, and all of this is framed with this soundtrack that is, oh gosh, very intense. Very intense. There's a bit at the end with like kind of screaming, calling, chanting. And it, oh my God. Look about just... Do you know what I mean? Just revving up a scene. Oh, man, it gets your heart just pounding. It is crazy. Super crazy. So, like, that is great. Like, these performances. Because you understand, you know, Val, she's this fresh-faced, new, you know, recruit. So you get that energy from her. You also get, like, this anxiety, you know, from people, from the judgment, right? This whole thing of, listen, I know what I saw, but I understand people aren't going to believe me. You know, wanting to confront a truth, but then understanding that, well, what happened last time? You know, I've been here before, so we get all of that. 
wanting to try and have friends, but, you know, the fear of getting pushed aside, like, she does a tremendous job, Rose Williams, of bringing all of that to the table, you know, I think, um, oh my gosh, Dr. Franklin, whoo, this character, man, Charlie Carrick really, whoo, really brings this character to life, and there is a lot there, there is a lot there that, oh, is handled so well, handled so well, like, the matron, like, Henry, ah, what she does with the matron, because, I think, with that character, you understand that there's, obviously, right, there's a lot, because you know she's been through the shit, so she's trying to hold that position down, and so she's not, I mean, she's hard on people, but I think you, you, Definitely understand there's something in that. But we see other sides to her as well, which was good. Definitely good. And then, you know, just Babs comfort Terry. Whew. You know, Rigby, Ikamali, and um McGowan really help bring these characters to life. You know, give you a little sign because they're all very, very different, right? And their re- interactions with Val very different, but all very relevant to Val's experiences, right? So it makes it super interesting how all of that goes, and you gotta give it up to frigging young Raman. Because, man, for a character that doesn't have a lot of lines, right? We, we, we've got a character where English isn't a first language. So what she has to be able to do and what she does, <laughs> oh, superb, people. Superb. Whew. Like the cinematography, the... Just the set design, the lighting, all of this comes together with the script, the acting, oh, the direction. Oh, we get a film that, as I said, it will have you jumping. It will have you jumping, but it will have you so engaged, so engaged. It is great, right? You will not. Want to miss anything Because it all plays into this This powerful little story people And the end Ah, the end is tremendous So people, if you do not have Shudder What are you doing? Right? It's April and we have already talked about So many awesome films on the platform And that's just this year, people. Just this year. You know what I mean? Come on now. Listen, we done Lucky. We done Slacks. We done Shook. You know what I mean? Awesome films. Violation. 
You need to go get yourself Shudder, people. Because, you know, Creep Show Season 2 is there as well. So, go get it. You only know, do the seven-day trial. And check out. Check out the power. Because, ah, this tremendous, tremendous film that will have you jumping and also kind of vibing with that soundtrack, people. So, yeah, do the right thing. Get you some power. Okay, people, we've reached that time again. Let's take a look at, um, yeah, the film news. Right, what's happening before we b b bounce? All right. So, um, surprisingly enough, right, because you know I mean the um the book of Saw hasn't dropped yet. You know, we're still waiting on Spiral. You know, Chris Rock reinvigorating the franchise, but it would seem that. You know, the production company, Twisted Pictures, they are, um, they're getting prepped, right? They're getting prepped for a big success because they've already started some active development work on the 10th film in the franchise. So, um, yeah, all seems to rest on Spiral. Alright, so, um... Yeah, it would seem that, man, I mean, this is a great combination, right? Sam Mendes, you know, the renowned director, and Olivia Coleman, you know, they have come together on a new film. Okay, so it's been called Empire of Light. It's at Searchlight. All we know, right, all we know is it's set in the 1980s. It's on the coast of England. And it's the it's kind of around one of them old classic beautiful cinemas. So um yeah we will see what they do with this. Okay, some other news. So the history channel have got a a, a, a series called Ancient Aliens, right? Now that series is getting turned into a film over at Legendary, and uh, who better to bring in, right, to uh, get it all started, but Josh Held, he will be directing, and John Hurwitz, John Jasny, and Hayden Schoensberg are all set to produce. Luke Ryan is going to be penning the script and executive producing. Alright, so it's a globe-spanning adventure featuring ancient sites and artifacts confronting the theories and questions raised by, um, yeah, the documentary um, TV series on History Channel. Right? So... Yeah, if you like aliens, you like pseudoscience, right, then um, ancient aliens could be for you. Alright, some other news. This gladiator sequel talk has been flicking around for a long ass time, right? 
but it would seem it could be coming to fruition. Right, so supposedly Russell Crowe might be co-producing it with Chris Hensworth. Yeah. And Chris Hensworth could be starring in it. So, you know, other ideas seem to have been Maximus in heaven or coming back to life. But this new idea seems to be following Maximus' grown-up son, who will be played by uh, Hemsworth. So, I think that's more of an idea that would work. But we will see what happens, because who knows, right? Who the hell knows? So, in other news, right, there... um, is a new film coming with a pretty good cast. It's called Bodies, 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 and it's set up at A24. Right, Halina Regin is um, set to direct. David Hinojusa is going to be producing, and it's going to be starring Amanda Stenberg, Pete Davidson, Maria. Bakalova and um, Mahaya La Herald. So, yeah, all we know it's a slasher film. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in other news, right? So, um, a classic Judy Blue book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, is being turned into a film over at Lionsgate. And, uh, yeah, it looks like Benny Safady is going to be stepping in to uh, star in the film, along with Abby Ryder-Fortston, Rachel McAdams, and Kathy Bates. Right, so the story follows a sixth grader who is questioning everything about adolescence and puberty and is searching the universe for whatever answers she can find. <laughs> okay, so other news, people. This I don't know about, right? I've got I've got uh, conflictions because it would seem that uh, yeah LeBron James and Maverick Carter yeah they're bringing House Party back they're bringing House Party back man they're rebooting it for the new generation so Stephen Glover and Jamal Orley you know from uh, Atlanta Flame are down to be right in the script um, and George Lendeborg Jr. and Tossing Cole they are uh, yeah they are being looked at as the new leads I mean people the original house party Reggie Hoodland knocked it out the park with that film right House Party 2 was okay. Everything after that point was straight garbage. So, uh, I don't need someone else to come shit on it, people. But, 
Alright, we will see what happens. We will see what happens. And interestingly enough, right? We talked about searching earlier on in the episode, and there's gonna be a searching too, right? So with um with this new one, right? It's uh yeah, it's um supposedly, right? Being uh, directed and written by Will Merrick and Nick Johnson, and um, we've got Nia Long, Joaquim De Almeida, Ken Lung, Amy Landecker, Daniel Henney, Megan Suri from uh, Drama Rama people, and Tim Griffin. Along with Storm Reed, and they'll all be starring in this new, new version of the story, right? So it's new characters, new, new story completely. We will see what happens. Yes, we will see what happens. All right, now. There's been other stuff happening in the film world, right? Some interesting developments. One of which being the uh, Gavin Newsom, right? The California governor has said that the 15th of June is when cinemas in the state of California are going to be opening back up. Yup. Full business as usual, people. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But that will definitely be a boost, right? Definitely going to be a boost. Now, some other interesting news, right? So, um, over in France, right? BLIC, BLOC, and the ARP. Right, the French Phil Guilds, they are getting together and drafting new proposals to, um, yeah, bring about a new era in the cinema in France. Right, because French government, they've had strict control, strict control over the cinema windows and everything else. So, yeah, it looks like change could be coming, right? Change could be coming, people, right? So, um, yeah, I think they're planning to uh, enact new regulations by the 1st of July. So, um, yeah, that could be very interesting, right? So they're proposing um, the film organisations would be give a six-month window to pay TV groups as well as streaming services that invest at least 75% of their annual revenue in France in films that will premiere in French theatres. Other subscription-based streaming services would access films at 12 to 15 months depending on their investments. Hmm, it's all very interesting, and hey, we know the industry does need a shake-up, 
And people, it's getting a shake-up in Italy, that is for sure. Because the government's censorship has gone. Right? Now, this legislation has been in place since the 1913. And it has been completely removed. Right? Which is huge. It is huge, right? So, um, De- Dario Francescanini, the culture minister, said the system of controls and interventions that still allowed the Italian state to intervene on the freedom of artists is done with. So, yeah, this is incredible, people. This. I mean, it, it can only be for the better, right? can only be for the better. So, um, yeah, well done, Italy. And let's end on this, right? Because when you look at, you know, everything, right? So Disney+, Plus, we've got HBO Max, we've got Paramount+. Plus. I mean, all the major labels have got streaming services, like Lionsgate of Stars. Right, so um, Sony, what was Sony gonna do? Because they they came out kind of and said, Yeah, we're not really interested, Yuri. And um, yeah, they're not because they have just signed a huge multi year deal with Netflix. Yep, people, that is correct. The deal will come into place in 2022. And um, that means, right, films like Morbius, Uncharted, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and its sequels will be hitting Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, what the deal is, right, once films have done their thing in the cinema, right, have done their thing on paid VOD services They will then go to Netflix Right And um, Yeah it also Means that Netflix Will also invest In um, You know some of the Sony films Right so they're going to be doing that They're going to be financing stuff Also they can license out films, right? So, films from Columbia, TriStore, Sunny Classics, Screen Gems, they can license out to other platforms, right? So, make a little change, change, change that way. But the interesting thing is, it does mean Netflix gets Marvel films. Right, they'll be getting Venom, Morbius, Spider-Man. You know, now with their their ability to license stuff out, right? You do kind of wonder that will they license those films out to Disney Plus? It kind of makes sense for them to do that because then, you know. They might get a better deal from Disney to have Disney films on Netflix. It's an interesting thing. But it does mean 
A, we still get to see those films, right? And the majority of people get to see those films. So, um, yeah, interesting times, people. But that is us done for part one. Yes, yes, yes. Where is a part two, people? We had a review and we've got an interview. So go check it out. And we speak to Cole Spectre. People, you don't want to miss it. All right, we're done. We're out. Peace.